It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. To 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Touchy Gooners. Um, as you can see, it's not your typical host, Lewis or Nigerian Dan in the hosting seat. It's your boy, SV Carboholic. We have um, German Dan next to me. How are you doing, my brother? I'm very, very blessed. Very, very blessed. You're good, yeah. You're good, yeah. I, I don't know what's happened to the rest of the cast. We have um, Nigerian Dan falling down ski slopes. Um, Lewis is somewhere <laughs> hosting another pod, apparently. Dr. Leroy supposedly saving lives. Um, Shabs struck down by something which we don't know what it is, you know, might be COVID, might be sign kills, but he's claiming he can't speak at the moment. So, you know, he's got just old man to... flu, yeah, yeah, old, old man flu, in it, yeah, yeah, reaching his 60s, where so, um, so yeah, it's tight. So, so you're just left with the two of us today. So, um, welcome. Um, as you can see, if you can follow the conversation as usual at hashtag TunchLiveFracas, um, keep up with all the good stuff. Um, this is us today, and obviously the main pod will be back on Sunday as well. So, And also, big up to all the Patreon members as well. Um, you can follow for as little as £3. If you don't, um, we still love you either way. So, But yeah, German, let's get into it. Um, obviously, we had the, the late comeback on Saturday afternoon against Brentford. So... That has left us, you know, current state of play, 26 games played, 63 points, five points clear at the top of the table. How are you feeling going into this running? I feel positive. Um, I've been feeling positive majority of the season. Um, you know, I believe in this team. Um, these guys, you know, I think this is one of the best Arsenal teams I've seen. Um, and these guys are really, you know, performing even when they're drawing, even when we're losing, I think the only game this in this whole season, Premier League season, where I really thought we were not on it was Everton. And any other game, these guys turned up, man. Win, lose, draw. Majority have been wins. Um, so, um, you know, I, I love the team, man. And I feel positive. I think, obviously, you know, I take positivity and, you know, sort of comfort in the fact that Jesus is back, you know, um, right, right for Easter. Um, it is biblical for real, and um, you know the the man, the Smith is back as well. They're not ready for him. Um, so those two coming back, I think, are massive boosts. And then I think that the the Trossard injury it doesn't sound like it was as 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 bad as um, initially feared. And um, I think the rest of the team is fit, right? So I mean, Eddie Eddie's got um, a bit of an ankle issue. But um, you know, the rest of the team is fit. So I think going into the, I think it's the last twelve games, we, it looks like we. We're gonna have you know everyone available, um, and I really, I mean, I I wouldn't mind winning the Europa League. You know, it would be nice winning the Europa League. I'll be honest, but for me, there's only one thing on my mind, man. Th th this league, I need that, man. I need that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm feeling positive though. Yeah, same. And and I guess based on where we are, um, with twelve games to go, you could argue pound for pound we have a harder fixture running than Man Indeed. City we have to go away to St James's Park we have to go away to Anfield um, Liverpool looking a bit rejuvenated um, Chelsea we host at home they're starting to pick up points again we still got to go to the Etihad so you know those are on paper already 4-4 four, four, really tough fixtures um, how do you see that potentially playing out especially in mind as you said Arteta wants to take it appears he wants to take Europa seriously as well. So he's trying to compete on both fronts. I think that 
and you know, no, no, no doubt about that. I think we have a strong, harder fixture list than Man City. Um, going into the really business end of the season, um, for the fixtures that you've named, um, and I think you know it's very about very much about squad management now. Um, and this is where players like Tierney, players like Tomiyasu, players like Jorginho, um, players like Fabio Vieira, I think they need to take a you know huge burden on. Um, and really perform in the Europa League games because, um, you know, put put Sporting Lisbon away early. You know, don't make it don't make it seem like in the second leg we really need to play the first eleven, the full first eleven in order to go through. You know, handle the business. You know, away in Portugal, come back and you know, make let, let's make it a more comfy game at the Emirates. Um, so I think there's responsibility for the squad players to step up. Um, you know, I, I don't view ESR as a squad player because I think he's someone that's very close to the first eleven. But even him coming back, you know, in these games, I need I need him to start rising that. Um, so these guys, and I think, you know, Eddie Jesus. I don't know how Arteta's going to manage who's going to start in the next couple of weeks, but both of them were going to be playing in certain minutes in, in the Europa League and um, in the league. You know, just you guys, I need you guys to rise it. Um, there's players that been there's players that have been there all season long. Saliba, Gabriel, Udegaard, um, Saka. These guys have literally played every game. Martinelli, you know, these guys have been there ever so present. So we need the other guys to now take some of the burden on. And um, when we go into this in this heavier fixture, um, um, you know, period. And really, you know, if we're if we're fit, if if, if our squad is fit, I do I do take confidence in that. I do. I do believe that we can go away to the Etihad and win. I think we can go away to Newcastle and win. I think, you know, those those two games I definitely can see as games that we can pick up points. I think Liverpool will probably be a bit more difficult. Um, just simply playing away at Anfield, I think, is, is harder than any other place in the league, really, one. And two, yeah, they are picking up form. They're starting to find a formula on how to play. Uh, um, you know, that attack is kind of gelling a little bit. I think their midfield is still... I think we, we, we'll make, if we are, have the right players fit, we'll make light work of that midfield. But the attack is good. Um, so that will be an interesting game. So um, that's probably the only one where I'll, I'll be a bit more worried. Um, but I do think we can pick up something at City. I think we can pick up something at Newcastle. And, you know, Graham Potter, um, what, what you got for me? You know, I don't think he has much, to be honest. So I home i can see i can see us beating chelsea definitely and we beat them away um i think he was a manager at that time as well obviously they've now had two positive results in a row um but i do i do think you know watching that dortmund game they went one clinical two you know dortmund really lacked ideas they missed two or three key players um and i think we are way better than dortmund so it's not like i watched the game and thought fucking hell chelsea are back no, no, no. I think we can still make work of them. Um, so yeah, Liverpool away does worry me a bit. Um, but yeah. And and how are you viewing Man City at the moment? Obviously, bearing in mind that I don't think they've won more than three league games in a row at any one point this season. Um, but obviously, a lot of people still have it 50-50, some in their favour just because of historical context. But obviously, based on what we've seen from City this season, in my opinion, they haven't been that impressive. You know, they lack the outlets, the pace up top that, you know, that probably arguably we have. Um, and, you know, some of their games have been a bit of a stalemate, been a bit of a bore, obviously. It's mad we saying that considering Haaland scored like what, 30 odd goals. But mm. generally, you know, when we talk about their overall play, it hasn't looked as dynamic or as threatening as it has done in previous years. So do you anticipate a scenario where they could just hit their stride? Or do you think, you know, these last 12 games, they'll continue to, you know, not say, not I say start because at the end of the day, like they're, they're going through transition, but they're still right up there. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. how, how do you foresee them panning out over the next the final 12 games to be fair they they have surprised me this year and i've been saying all year that i think they're not as strong as in previous years but i'd still expect them when we slip up to capitalize and you know in my head i, I always was thinking at some point that you know before we even go into like march i thought that they would at some point be ahead of us in the league and we then kind of maybe get back or you know see how we chasing them i thought we would be the chasers coming into this business and to be honest that's that's what i thought we, we would end up we, i thought we would lose some ground and they would gain some ground and then you know when we come into this last 10 12 games that their focus on the champions league would allow us to come back and that's our amb ambition this so 
the fact that we you know Jesus for four months um we left well, I think when Jesus um got into we were five points clear and you coming back and we're five points clear is for me incredible to be honest because I, I expected the deficit um so and that and that regard I already already think that they're definitely not as um even as even even though I said I don't think they're as good as previously is they're actually not as good as I thought this year to be honest um because they didn't make up that ground that I expected them to make up when we dropped points at Everton um dropped points at Brent um Brentford but at home to Brentford um I think they have two or three tricky fixtures. You know, Palace is next up. I don't think it's a tricky fixture. But wait, drop points versus was Lampard's Everton. Um, they drop points versus Forest. And it's quite difficult to predict how how they will. I don't think they're super business and clinical at the moment. Um, but they have that quality. So against Newcastle, they made light work of Newcastle. But then if Newcastle are just a little bit smarter, that game would have been interesting. So. I, th I think Liverpool got something for them. Um, they're playing Liverpool as well, so I think Liverpool have something for them for sure. Um, I'm, I'm actually banking on Liverpool to get something out of that game because um, that game is fairly soon, and I think Liverpool are going to start hitting their stride now. Um, so, you know, I think that game is a potential hurdle for them. And then I hope, in that, and this is me looking at the Newcastle game and feeling like there's openings against City, I hope that Brighton can get something out of him. Um, so yeah, those are the two games probably, and then I think the last game they have is Brentford. So those are the three games um, where I hope that they can stumble. But it's just really difficult to predict. Like City of previous years, I would have said they're winning all eleven games apart from Liverpool. Whereas now, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna be totally honest. I'm still a bit doubtful on our side, just because where we're at. It's not even that I don't rate the team. Obviously, we've seen what we've seen over the course of the 26 games. We're rightfully top. We've been the best team. We deserve to be top. It's more a case of we're at the business end now. How do we handle the pressure, the nerves? The pressure. We've, not been in, we, we've, we've not been in this position. Do you know what I mean? Can we handle the nerves? We're going back to that Thursday, Sunday schedule. You know, I, I'd say we struggled at points earlier in the season with that Thursday, Sunday schedule in terms of performance. Mm -hmm. So that might be a dip. And obviously we're at a stage now um, where obviously Eddie and Trossard are out. So there are going to be some first teamers playing tomorrow, you know, arguably that you wouldn't really want to in an ideal situation. Um, mm -hmm. But some will start tomorrow, you know, Martinelli will probably start, maybe Saka will start as well, even though obviously ESR and Nelson are available. So, you know, you're doing that and then you come back, what, 48 hours later, then, you know, 72 hours later, you've got Fulham um, and Fulham having a really, really good season. Um, I think Marco Silva's probably been one of the best coaches in the league this season as well. So, um, so it'd be tough, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit cautious on that front just because it'd be interesting to see, like you said, how we handle the nerves it's the it's, it's still you got to remember it's still the youngest squad do you know what i mean so and we haven't been in this position and if there is to be a bit of a criticism recently we've looked you know a bit susceptible at times i think our big chances yeah. expected against us as as you know has increased in recent times as well so we have to manage that we have to get on top of that you know i'd like a bit more you know a few games like you know like the leicester away game where it was quite boring some would say it was quite dead but I like the way we managed it. it. It almost as if, you know, when you look at the table, our away form's actually been better than our home form this season, which is yeah. crazy in itself. We've conceded less away from home as well. So we've been really, really solid as a whole, generally away from home. So um, and we're going to need that, especially when we're going to, you know, Anfield, St. James's Park and the Etihad. So, so yeah, so it remains to be seen how that's, uh, that's going to happen. But I just wanted to... Um, segue into obviously we've seen all the clips and the videos today of gabriel jesus um you know in full contact training sort of one where mr uncle party was going in heavy on my man i said big man relax bro we've got two months left <laughs> i can't both for you and jesus bro i'm not trying to have any of you guys out bro we need both of you available for for the running but um just generally how, how, how big a boost is it um that he's back um but yeah before before i go into the jesus stuff um I was just looking at City's fixtures real quick. And, you know, I know it probably is cliche, but really it's one game at a time. And I, I've, City got Palace, Liverpool, Southampton, you think easy work. Leicester, you'd think easy work. Then Brighton, a bit more difficult. They got us. They got Fulham, as you said, Fulham away. You know, Mitrovic might have something. Might dunk on um, Ake's head. Um, Leeds, they got Everton. They got Everton with two games to go. I, you know, they might be fighting for their lives. 
and then they, they have, have Chelsea, um, so that and Brentford. So, you know, I, I'd say one game at a time. I think we, you know, the the best way to do is because if 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 we are winning a game and they dropping points, we we are gaining ground, so we can mm-hmm. afford another mistake. So that's why looking at the fixtures, maybe like all ten and twelve, and you know, um, holistically doesn't make that much sense because it's really about the context and what's happened with the other, you know, with their result, because that way you can then navigate and say, okay, you know, we might be eight points clear when we play City. We can afford to lose that one or we can afford to draw that one kind of thing. So, um, you know, just, uh, you know, take take it take it one game at a time. Um, and Jan Jesus, man, you know, we've heard the rumours, you know, um, some, some people were going a bit early with it and saying that he's in, in full training two weeks ago. But he looks like he's in full training now. You know, Partey was trying to wrestle him, like, brother, be easy, dog. <laughs> be easy over there, dog. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and yeah, he's always taking driving lessons, bro. He's, I'm, he's, he's I'm screaming into bro. the swing of things, bro. <laughs> <laughs> his, his, his baby mom told him, bro, we need to get a bat, so you need to get a whip. <laughs> <laughs> he probably went back to the drone that he, that he was with because you know getting the Ubers out into the sticks is crazy, bro. bro in the, in them in them Hertfordshire areas, boy, you need that car, wow. boy. You need that whip to get about. So That's yeah, now nah, I, I think I think it's great that he's back, and um, you know, obviously, I think a point that was made as well. Actually, it's good that the international break might actually be coming at a good point for us. Um, so hopefully we can reset because I saw today. They said that the whole of City squad is fit. So that's kind of where I need our squad, you know, after the international break. I need everyone fit and available, man. No more no more issues for the running. So um, so that's good. So, so let, let's kind of segue then onto the game against Sporting. Um, like I said, I do think Arteta is going to take it seriously. I do think this is a competition he wants to win. We're not going to be in yeah. it next season. Um, we've been in this competition so many times. We've messed up at either the semi-final or the final stage. And really and truthfully, we should have won this competition at least once, you know, the amount of times we've been in it. So, you know, I how do you envisage him setting up tomorrow? So I think he would he will do a mix of, you know, first-teamers and um, some of the guys that have been playing the Europa League games. Um, you, as you said, Eddie and Trossard, probably not available um i would like to think that he he, he starts with Vieira because he you know Vieira is fit and he's been typically playing in these games um because it's away from home i kind of i can kind of see him maybe starting Vieira on the right and then um Xhaka on the left Xhaka didn't play um or didn't start on the weekend so i would assume Xhaka will start I would assume Jorginho will start. So mm-hmm. Jorginho, Xhaka, I would, I, I would, I would say that they're sure to start. And then I'm a bit skeptical if he, if he is going to go with, you know, Udegaard, or if mm-hmm. he's going to go with Vieira. Mm-hmm. Um, depends on how much he, he, you know. Obviously, I've, I've not watched Sporting. I won't, I won't lie. You know, um, I've been mainly watching Serie A and Bundesliga. Um, apart from the Premier League this year, and you know, some Real Madrid and some Barcelona games. So I've not really caught any of the Portuguese games. Um. So, so I just, don't know how just just to chime in, they are fifth apparently. Okay. I think they're in the in the Portuguese league. Um, they did finish third in their Europa group behind Tottenham and Frankfurt, um, but they did beat Spurs in the group stages as well. Um, so I think they have a couple threats. Marcus Edwards, who's a right winger, who I know um, very very good technically, very very good dribbler. So we'll have to watch out. It's uh, it, it is a potential banana skin. Um, so and and I oh. think. I remember them now. That when I played against Spurs, yeah, Edward scored yeah. a very good goal. Pedro yeah, yeah. Paul, which Spurs have signed now, yeah. was playing in that game. They played three at the back, I believe. It was three at the back with the wing backs. Okay. okay. Um, they have Hector Bellerin. <laughs> oh yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. So, well, I'm I'm gonna need my tonight to cook as much. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. definitely. I think I cut out there. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm back. I think I'm back. Yeah. I, what I was saying. Um. Yeah. I think. I think he's gonna go with that midfield. Um. Then up front, I would assume that you know Martinelli will go through the middle because no, mm. I wouldn't think Jesus is starting. Yeah. Um, so soon. No. no. I, I would think Martinelli through the middle. 
Um, and then I think maybe I saw or Reese Nelson on the left, um, mm-hmm. whoever's more, you know, more match fit. And then uh, maybe they'll both share a half, actually, you know, both play a half mm-hmm. each. And then I would actually assume Saka is starting on the right. Um, so, yeah, I think See, that's the attack. And what, what I was thinking of possibly doing, because I would like to sit Saka down, even if not for the whole game, just for a bit of the game, I would do the the Jacquard, Jorginho, um, or maybe put ESR as like right centre mid and have like Vieira, you know, like as a more of an inside right. Um, so have him and ESR on that right side, have Nelson on the left side and Martinelli through the middle. Um, that might be something you could experiment with as well. Um, I think White will start based on the yeah. fact that he didn't start at the weekend. Um, this will be our first chance to see what Kivior's saying. So I'm assuming him and Holden will start. Um, and then obviously Tinney would have played, but he's ill. So I'm assuming it'll be Tomiyasu left back. Um, so that's kind of what my guess is. You know, ideally, I don't really want Zinchenko starting this game, to be fair. Um, so, so, yeah, so if we can have Zinchenko and Odegaard rested, because we're going to definitely need them guys to pick that lock at Fulham at the weekend. So, um, But obviously, you have all these guys on the bench for insurance or whatever, whatever. But, you know, this is what, the, like you said, this is what the squad players are for, man. This is their time to, you know, rise and shine, rest some of the starters, rest some of their legs, and, and hopefully we can we can do a job. Um, you know, I, I would have... Yeah. Yeah, go on. Sorry, what were you saying? Um, sorry, I was saying on the fence, I think you're spot on with the players that you that you're saying that that you think he's gonna play. I think those that's gonna that's how we're gonna line up. Tamiyasu left back, then right right back. I don't think he will risk Zinchenko for this game. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree, I agree. I think there needs to be a degree of rotation, especially with the fact that we have Fulham seventy-two hours later. So, I think he's going to need to get the balance, balance right on that front. Um, as long as we, you know, I could see something like a one-one draw tomorrow, which I wouldn't be mad at if that happened. Um, you know, it still puts us in a good position coming back um, into the second leg. But they scrapped the array goal rule now anyway, in it, so it doesn't really matter. So, um, so yeah. But just as long as, as as long as we leave ourselves in a decent position for the second leg, because what is Fulham, then Sporting, I think, and then it's Palace at home. No, sorry, it's full. Sorry, it's Sporting then Fulham, then Sporting again, then it's Palace at home. So, so yeah. So as as long as we leave ourselves in a decent position and we come out just with a clean bill of health, so because we're going to need some bodies back for the weekend as well. So hopefully one of Trossard or Eddie. Is maybe available for Fulham at the weekend, so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. Um, do, you have, do you have any other points you want to okay. want to mention about with with regards to Sporting? Not really. I think I think the lineups and the lineup that we discussed, I think, makes sense. I think it should be enough to be competitive in that game. Probably win that game. To be to be honest, um, there's some there's some very good players um, starting, and there's. For one, now I think you know. Obviously, it's unfortunate that Trussard is not there. But for one, I think there's enough experience or um, you know, secondary quality available. Like as you said, Kivio is going to play, Jorginho is going to play, and Fabio Rara is going to play. You know, those guys would all you know <laughs> be good players for Sporting, I believe. So, um, I, I think we should be fine with that lineup and then um, manage that game. I, ideally, I want you know a one-nil clean sheet, fucking boring game. To be honest. Just come back home, no injuries. T- you know, Gabby has his 15, 15 second, I'm um, not 15 second, 15 minute cameo. I need, mm-hmm. you know, five completed dribbles and four, <laughs> four shots all off target. <laughs> I need that jinky jinky back, bro. Bro, bro, I, I, saw, I saw one comment on Twitter today. Someone was like, yeah, the first time I see Gabriel Jesus, uh, six completed dribbles, um, five big chances created. <laughs> And a and a big chance miss from five yards out is going to hit like crack. <laughs> <laughs> bro, who are we kidding? One big chance, this brother's going to be like four, but we don't give him. <laughs> uh, bro, but I can't lie. I need that jinky majinky back, bro. So yeah, right, so, mm. so so yeah, so, so bring that back. So yeah, so I, I think it's um, you know, we're 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 in a decent shape. So I think it, it especially ESR needs the minutes definitely now. Um, how are you? feeling about his return and what sort of impact are you looking for him to 
to have because I saw the article today. There, I think it was in the evening standard, which, which was talking about ESR will probably pay in the front three for now, but they're still envisaging a transition for him into an eight, a later period. And obviously, for that sort of thing, I need. He, I think he needs more work from a stamina, from an endurance perspective, um, and from a general play involvement perspective as well. So. Um, but most important thing, he just needs to get on the pitch first and foremost with him and stay there in it. So I, I'm excited that he that he's back. To be honest, um, you, you know I'm a big big fan of ESR, and um, really I think you know there's for me there's actually no doubts about him as a player. Um, I think he's shown what he's capable of, um, and it's really it's just been a fitness problem for the last sort of eight maybe nine months. And if that growing issue is resolved now and they really have, you know, um, successively, you know, eased them back in and um, he is feeling better and he's now building up match fitness. Once he's once he's fit, you know, this is this is going to feel like, you know, a, a new signing. I know it's, this is an old last wing I'm saying, but this is really going to feel like a new signing because we've gotten we've gotten to the stage without him really being involved. And that's crazy. Um, when he was, you know, him and Saka were, I think, our best players last season. Um, you know, at least for the first half, and then you know, he obviously had that that that, that injury. Um, or you know, that he got taken, or he struggled to get back. And, and he, I think he was playing injured for a lot of the games actually in the first half. But you know, especially in the first ten games, ESR was he was the key, he was the key player to be honest. He was driving us up the pitch. Um, when we struggled in that first half of the season. Um, so yeah, I think just having him back is gonna it's gonna feel good. And uh, you know, I I. And we've we've talked about this before. I would like to see him in that sentiment role because um you said before, like that that's that left hand side is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot different with Jenchenko playing as the left back and um you know, you know, someone else being, you know, the wide receiver in some way. And then if ESR can operate in a central area, we know he can play on the half turn, we know he can go past the manager, we know he can shoot off either foot, we know he runs and behind very well. Um that's some of the things that um I think he actually, you know, really um when, when he came for the team, he really um show showcased. And I think, you know, um I was watching some interviews on um on YouTube the other day and uh, um he, he said when he came into the team, the player that he was impressed by the most was Mesut Ozil. And this is a theme of Mesut Ozil's game, you know, touch and I'm going in behind and you know, mm-hmm. and I'm you know, I'm laying someone off or I'm you know, I'm scoring. So I think it's a proper theme of ESR's game. So I think he, he kind of looked up to to that aspect of Ozil's game so I would like to get someone in that role and really we've been debating so long oh who do we get for left you know who are we getting to upgrade on Jacka? you know and I think for me you know long term I'm looking at getting someone in that is you know similar to Jacka in regards to like the defensive responsibilities that that person can shoulder but also being a bit better um on the ball and you know that person we will have to go and buy but you know the creative player on that side. I think we have that player already, and that's that's ESR. So um, he's going to come into his own now, hopefully. And um, as mm-hmm. he said, I think he will predominantly start out wide, um, and and the and the sort of running. And I think there will be games where then all of a sudden, um, he will start left eight, um, like Vieira started the other day left eight. So um, I think that opportunity will come, and I, ho- I hope I hope um, he can he can do his thing when the time is right. Mm-hmm. And and I agree. Um, I, I think I think that that's it's about managing that transition well. Um, and I think he'll get there. I think he'll get there. You know, because I, I still Arteta rates him very very highly. So for him, it's more just about yeah, like you said, staying fit and and starting to contribute. Because the last thing you need is to be left behind by injuries and guys start overlapping you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and you know, to to a similar vein. How are you feeling about Reese Nelson? And firstly, what he showed at the weekend, which I thought was, you know, fantastic. The few cameos he has had this season has been really, really good, really promising, um, really direct. Because I think some one of the criticisms about Reese Nelson was that he always had had the talent. But I think he was one of the ones, you know, unlike Saka, who talked to men's football really, really well. Nelson struggled to create that separation at, um, at senior level. But... When he's had cameos this season, he's looked very pacey. He's looked very direct, very aggressive. He's looked comfy on the outside, comfy, comfy on the inside. He's already got three goals with very, very limited game time. Um, have you noticed a step change, albeit it's a very, very small sample size? Um, or do you think it's just a case of uh, contract available, this guy wants to stay, and he's trying to play for that contract? I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, man, 
you know, you, you know, I pay attention to this exact thing, the operation speed. Mm, operation mm, speed is, is, is a complete different story to when he came into the team. You know, the way he takes touches, the touches have purpose now, you know. I think he used, I mean, technically he's always been good left or right for, mm, you know, he, he's, he, he can do things um, on, on, from, um, from a technique standpoint, but I think purpose in this actions has lacked. You know, you're taking a good touch and you're just going back to the side, whereas he's got, you know, a more of a direct element to his game and the games that I've seen him and the appearances that I've seen him. And I remember when um, the team was in the mud and um, ESL was still not quite available, but I was shouting, Nelson should be playing on the left side with Saka. Um, that's what mm -hmm. I was saying at the time, because I felt like Nelson had something. Um, and mm -hmm. I just never, he, I don't think he ever really quite got that chance from um, from in, in that period, I remember that Leicester game where they played, and I was like, "These guys are hooping. These guys, you know, mm -hmm. they, these guys can play together." Um, and I think he then had did he was it a Liverpool game where he played quite well as well afterwards. But I, I think I've, you know Nelson, Nelson. I think he's got the the base level technique. There's no doubt about that. He looks hungry before he mm -hmm. looked like a bit lay lay. Um, and he, I feel like the operation speed, the speed of his actions, purpose of his actions ha has massively increased. And he mm -hmm. can execute. Um, mm -hmm. I think that 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 is no doubt. And you you know I like surgical players, so mm -hmm. you know that 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 has been clear. That cameo was fucking surgical. Every action mm -hmm. had a purpose. Every action had an intention. Every action was executed well. Um, and you know if he plays like that, there's definitely a future at Arsenal for him. Um, there's actually no doubt about that. And the club should not let him go if he even plays. You know half half as good as that. You know, um, that is a very good player, and if that player either stays and you know becomes a valuable squad member, or if that player gets sold, um, that player is a Premier League player. Um, you mm -hmm. know, I, I see players in this league; they're not as good as that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. What, what you say, Melanin Mudrick? Yeah. You know I was hype on the Mudrick. Hey, it's done, man. It's over. Hey, no one go. Reese, rise it, rise it. Because it's interesting. We have a listener's question on that. It's from KWSI at KW underscore SI1. He's saying most of us are expecting an incoming forward this summer, but with Martinelli, Jesus, Saka, Balogun, Enketia, Trossard, and now Nelson, how do you, how do you make space? You know, there's, 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 I think there's decisions to be made because obviously, if we're talking three positions, right? What's optimal? Because I've named seven there. Is seven optimal for free? I guess, I guess seven for free across four competitions is probably okay. Bearing in mind, what, I didn't even include, I didn't include ESR in that list either. But was Trossard in that list? Trossard was in that list. Uh, I did okay. include Balogun in that list, but essentially, you know, if we want another sign-in, there has to be probably at least one departure um, within that group. Yeah, so, okay, I think, as you, as you mentioned with ESR, that they, they, there's got to be a transition to, you know, centre midfield, in my opinion. And if there isn't, and I always felt like ESR can play as a, as a left forward, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I think ESR's play style really, really, really reminds, as Benny plays on the wing, really reminds me of Marco Royce. So, you know, someone that can really shoot off either foot can also create and as a combination player um, that can really drive the ball. So I think he can play in a number of positions. It's just where does that think he can get the maximum out of him? Um, mm -hmm. So, I, I, you know, we're going to be closely monitoring that. I think as, as the club have always kind of, you know, there's been little sound bites where you, you, you've been led to believe they're viewing him as a, you know, a central attacking midfielder. Um so I think maybe take him out of that occasion, probably not part of the front three long-term planning. Um, and I would I would look at you know Saka, you know, nothing is moving that that one. Um, you know, Saka is the mainstay. Saka, Gabi Jesus, um, for the striker position, then on the left, Martinez, that's that's our first choice front three right now. Mm -hmm. Then you would look at who's uh, you know who's who's the who are the understudies or who are the players that can push on those positions. I think Balogun is having a fantastic year. Um, how do you manage that? I don't think that's a talent we can let go away. If you're looking mm. at top five under 21 players in Europe right now, he's there. He's there mm. with Saka and Martinelli. Like we can't. That's the talent we can't let go. Um, if Balogun is French and is doing this, he's going for 60 million. That Hugo Etiquette guy when he scored eight goals and you went for 35. You know the world was going crazy about him. So 
Balogun has to come back. Um, where we has to come back, or you know, we have to have a long term plan for him. I don't think that's someone I would sell, even with a buyback, I wouldn't sell him. Um, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With with Eddie, and you know, I, I don't want to be in the bad books of <laughs> many of the guys in the Touch of Goodness group chat, but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against selling them, even though he gives me the feel good fact. That I think him, him and Saka like got a, you know great chemistry in terms of like just being from Hell End and. Um, I think the story of Eddie is great and he's he has contributed when he's been given the opportunity. I I've not been impressed with him in the last, you know, sort of games when um, you know, last sort of five games. I've not been too impressed with him. Um, so he, he could potentially be on a chopping block. Um and then I think Sacrificial Lamb, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> boy, what needs must, bro. Needs must. Um and with Nelson, I think Nelson that's the thing as well with Eddie and probably Balogun. I think these guys are going to be understudies to Jesus, unless Jesus gets injured, it's going to be very difficult for them to get minutes. Um, and probably, yeah, that's going to be difficult. Minutes. I think there's more rotation opportunity on in the wide areas. So someone like mm-hmm. Nelson, um, someone like Balogun, um, if he plays wide for us, you know, there is more opportunity for him. As I don't think Nel- um, Eddie got the opportunity out wide. It's central mm-hmm. or nothing really. Um, same as the trust, the trust can play across, so he's just mm-hmm. the utility player, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's going to be between Eddie and Balogun. Balogun could be sent out on loan again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be between them two, I think. I think, um, I think Reese's ability to play on both sides probably helps him. You know, mm-hmm. if you look earlier in the season, his cameo against Forrest that came from the right, you know, when he yeah. was subbed on for Saka, two goals and an assist from there. Um, on Saturday, it was from the left, goal and assist from there. So if you can show that productivity and be effective from both sides, um, you know, that that raises an incre- interesting opportunity for him. Like you said, I think the ability to be versatile, especially with, you know, how Arteta likes positional rotations in the front three as well, that could definitely help. Um, mm. Like you said, you saw how it's uh, Trossard has helped Martinelli in the last few games again, you know, yeah, sort of kicks, kick fire himself. So, I think Arteta does value that. Um, him and Trossard had some nice rotations between left wing and centre forward in the last couple of games as well. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it would. I, I think I am with you. It's probably in between Eddie and Balogun. They're going to have to make a decision there. And I think there was always a decision that was going to have to be made there because essentially they both share the same agent. They both want to play striker for Arsenal Football Club. Both of them can't work. One's 24, the other's 21 going on 22. You're going to have to make a decision on one of them in it. So... Mm. So it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. All right. Okay. Let's um let's go to some listeners' questions um before we wrap up and and get out of here. Um, first one from my boy Robin Ribsalicious on Twitter. Um, how much do you think Tierney fetches for us in the summer? Now, obviously, this has been a contentious point in the group chat. You know, I think some people are pointing to what KKK Ella is going for in the market, what Chilwell's gone for. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm of the opinion I do not think we will see more than 40 million for Kieran Tierney. I think we could see anything in between for 30 to 40 million for him, and I think Arsenal would be happy to accept that. Now, obviously, I, I get the point that you know Newcastle are a growing team; they've got the resources to mm. you know, and you know, I think t- I actually think Tierney would be very very sick for them because <laughs> their left back is Dan Burn. It's a monumental upgrade, you know what I mean? And KT still only 25, so I get it. I, I, I get the, you know, why people wouldn't do it. I get why people would want to sell for a very, very high fee, especially to Newcastle, who could potentially be a threat in the coming years. But I don't think we'll get it, you know. Even though Newcastle are spending, they haven't shown the propensity to be a team that's going to spend like 70, 80 mil on someone yet. And I don't think we're going to get that money for Tierney. We need to be honest and we need to be realistic. Tierney's already earning over 100k a week as well. So you need to factor the wages in here, which I think are important as well. So, yeah, I think if I was to get an offer between 35 to 40 million, I'd be, I'd be inclined to accept it. What about you? 
Boy, I, I, you know, and I think, I think the club will just want to recoup what they got for him. Um, I think they will obviously push. I would, I'd I, be a bit, I'd, I'd be a bit disappointed if we, if we sold him for twenty, we bought him for twenty five. If we sold him for, if we, if we can't get a bit more, like, like I said, I'm not, bro, you ain't selling shit. We sold it. We sold a German national goalkeeper, a Premier League goal, standard goalkeeper who's now one of the best. He's one of the best goalkeepers in the division. How yeah, much true. did you sell him for? Like three M's, million, was it? Four M's. Oh my days! That's Actually, crazy. Yeah, it's true. It's so, true. That 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 Leno sell. When you look back in hindsight, that is insane. Obviously, I get twenty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. So, so with Tierney, I think you know we. I think we we're not going to get strong arm is probably the wrong terminology, but we're going to get put in a position where the player hasn't has been fit for a majority of the season, hasn't played for a majority of that season. And then, you know, this club, Newcastle are going to finish outside the top four. I'm actually pretty certain about that now. This club that is in Europe, um, you know, building a project, want him. And we're going to have to make the decision and say, listen, how much can we get out of Newcastle? And I think we won't get 40. I think 40 is a push. Um, I think Newcastle will try low ball the thing because Tini will want to go. He know he will play. He know the style of play will suit him. Um mm-hmm. You know, all that kind of all the all those sort of factors will influence the price to some degree and our leverage to some degree. So I mm. feel like probably in the middle, we'll probably get 30 to 35 million for him. Um yeah, I yeah. think we should be getting if if a dude does his job well, we should be getting 40. But mm. I think it'd be 30 to 35 in around that region, probably 30, some add-ons, and that will be done. And then they will sell him and Tavares and buy a new left back, I think. Yeah, yeah. And 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 just on that point, Quake's kitchen, um, has asked that question if we do get rid of Tierney who do you replace him with um, now obviously this this is an interesting question because stylistically we are not going to be able to find someone who can do what Zinchenko does we just need to put that out there for free like what he's doing is insane like you know we post there was that graphic that was posted in the chat today about expected threat he's one of the, <laughs> he has one of the highest expected threats playing from left back nearly is like a left centre mid left sided 10 um, he's crazy. He's crazy. So we're not going to be able to replicate that um, unless we maybe sign someone and try and convert them. Like you know, it happened with Zinchenko. But then there's also the question: Is do we want to replace what Zinchenko does directly, or do is it better to have an alternative left back who maybe offers a bit different? You know, just because you know maybe game state changes, maybe we do want a little sign different. What do you think? That's a good question, and I've, I've been thinking about this one because we talked about this in the group, and I remember um, I remember saying we need to get a player that basically does what Rafa Guerrero does. Um, mm-hmm. He's quite nimble, is quite technical, can play inside, can play outside. Um, and, I mean, he's not as crazy as Zinchenko on the ball because Zinchenko is truly elite on the ball, yeah. um, you know. But um, can you get someone that's close or at least... You know, you know, has similar qualities in around that region, and I think you know, someone like Rafa Guerrero is really, really good. But who are you going to get that that does that right now? So, um, I think I I don't have a left back in mind right now, to be honest. Um, I think we could end up picking up you know a, a player that plays in midfield and convert him. Um, as you said, and and you know, I, I was looking at players that are left footed, play midfield, are a bit nimble. Um. And I, I'm I'm looking at them and I'm like, I don't know, this sounds crazy. I was like thinking, could you have someone like Lo Celso and make him a left back? <laughs> Drewsbury Hall, like those type of players, like players that like obviously have some sort of offensive quality um, and are a little bit combative. Can you turn them into a left back? Um, and that's probably, I think that might be something that they end up doing. Um, I know that, um, um, that what's this guy's name? Skelly. Miles Lewis um, Skelly, he looks, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really but he's talented. really young. He's really young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's sixteen. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So he's not uh, gonna he's not gonna be coming in anytime oh, soon. Oh, but yeah. oh, what a, what about a more left field option? Like this is so hipstery, bro. Like, I'm I'm moving like Nagelsmann here, bro. Well, if you design like, you know, just left field like Patino, you know, uh, like mm. him, I That's mean, Patino crazy. is crazy on the ball, right? Mm. <laughs> you know, he has that ability to drop a shoulder, go past man. The very technical left footed. And he's six foot actually, Patino. He's not small either. So, and obviously, he's, he's, he's having a very good loan. 
on loan at Blackpool. He's mm. getting the rough treatment in the championship. I don't even think that team he's at is suited to him, but obviously mm. I don't think they sent him somewhere. I think they just wanted him to play in it, essentially. So, you know, he's playing in a very, very physical league. So, you know, he's hardening himself up. But, you know, when I'm thinking in terms of, you know, he could probably occupy some similar zones to what Zinchenko does, you know, in the yeah. first and second phase. Um, I think it's an excellent shot. Um, I'll, I'll, I'd be interested to see if they if they do it. But I do think that, you know, that option should be considered and it should probably yeah. be trialled at least. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because similar to Zinchenko, like, he's press resistant. He will move Very if cool. someone moves on to him. Um, yeah, I think I think that's an that's that's an interesting um you know idea either way i still think they have to probably sign or maybe not actually because tommy Esso can play left back so they mm -hmm. could trial that and have tommy Esso as the backup for left back mm -hmm. and right back um and we're going to sign that right well we're going to try again sign that right back resonator from, yeah, yeah from valladolid and and and, and that's a, an interesting point and it leads me on to twofold there's another because there's a question about tommy and I'm thinking this because uh, Jetters at Jagged Edge has said, been a big fan of Tommy since he signed, <laughs> but he's been scaring the hoes recently. <laughs> <laughs> he's scaring he said, them for real, brother. <laughs> he, said, he said, how would you approach his playing time for the rest of the season? Now, this is an interesting one because I, if you look at how we used Tommy last season, he was used in build-up a lot as more of a, you know, the inverted right-back. And we used to have Tini, he was bombing on at left-back, right? But obviously, we've changed the dynamics and we flipped the dynamics this season where it's Sinchenko, who's very much inverted. He's playing inside a lot and Ben White's supporting Saka a lot on the overlap. Yeah. And, you know, and, and one thing I've seen with, you know, we've been asking Tommy to do more of that rather than the first phase stuff this year. And he doesn't look comfortable in the final third to me at all. In fact, he's looked very stiff. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he looks like he might be better suited to doing stuff in the first base. He's he's essentially more of a centre back that's playing at full back, whereas Ben White, there's still more of an agility and more of a level of athleticism to, you know, proper, you know, um carry through the thirds, and which probably and technique as well. And and, yeah. and technically as well. So yeah. so yeah, why, I, I why think why it's got more astute sort of technique, you know, better touch, better sort of mm -hmm. feel for for the game, I think. Um so yeah. I agree with that. And on that on that question, you know, how do we approach his playing time? You know, use him. You yeah, use him. Yeah. I think um Tommy he should be playing today, not today, was it tomorrow? You know, an yeah. hour, an hour and this today. Um, but he should be playing in that game. Um, I think he need he will play again at Enfield. Um I I'm pretty sure we will use him. So I think what Ateta definitely needs to do is like ease him into performances, um, you know, sequencing into been ready to play against Salah because he's I think he's going to be the left back that we're going to be using and throw away. So he's gonna he's gonna be the guy that we when when we need to when someone needs to get locked up or you know we, we need to be a bit more defensive because they have a, a white threat that we actually have to you know really take care of then he will be used and um I think that be there's enough games. Um I think there's mm -hmm. enough games um I think I, I can use the squad better um, but he's given him the start. Oh, he started against City, which was not that long ago. He started um, just on the weekend. He didn't do that well on the weekend. I don't think he was shambolic, but he did get a bit, you know, nosebleeds in the final third, I believe. And he definitely didn't support Saka as much as Ben Whitewood. And, you know, the timing of his runs, you know, what I like about Ryan side is the timing, the movement. When Saka gets the ball inside, he takes one, two touches. Ben White is already sprinting down the line. Udegaard is then the option for him. It's very difficult to stop that that rhythm. These guys have very good chemistry, very good rhythm, very good, um, you know, sort of link play. And I don't think that 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 Tommy Yasso has that. Um, but that doesn't mean that he can't play, you know, more mm. often or start more often because we can cook teams either way. Um, so. Um, I do think um, he needs to get eased into performances. I think, and we've said this last last season. I think Atat sometimes just throws people in. Um, they need to have a couple, you know, not sub appearances, but you know, have had games like when Jesus was out injured. All of a sudden, Eddie has to be thrown in, and he did really well. Um, and his performances plateaued after. But um, I, I get the expectation thing where you're just saying you need to be ready. If I need you, you need to be ready. But you also need to help these players a little bit um, and sequence them into. You know, being match fit, being competitive. Um, so yeah. 
no, no, good point, and and I agree on it. Um, we've got a question from Kieran ninety one k underscore ninety one. Um, I mean, it's obviously we've sort of answered it to an extent because he's like, why do people want Tierney to leave um, when we're going to have Premier League and Champions League next season? I think it's more that KT himself is going to push to leave because he's not going to have been happy with his situation this season. Um, and obviously saying Zinchenko has been injured a lot. And yeah, that's very true as well. So we're going to need to have someone who is ready to share minutes generally next season as well. So um, cool. Uh, Nuku uh, on Twitter asks, watching the Champions League this season, how far do we go next season? That's an interesting question. You know what the thing is with, with, with that question, though? We, we, are, we are very good this year. We are very mm. good this year. A lot can change in the summer. I'm not. Mm. I don't think. And I, and I think we'll still be very good next season. But in Europe, a lot can change. Mm. You know, these big teams. You know, PSG will make a lot of changes after going out tonight. Um, I believe. Um, there will be changes at Bayern Munich. Um, I, I believe there will be changes again. Real Madrid will try buy someone. Um, Barcelona would. They will all try do things. So it's difficult to say. Um, you know how far we go because they they're gonna strengthen their teams at least, and I think someone like Liverpool, you know, they could be back, they could be back, um, firing again, mm -hmm. finding their rhythm again. Um, it's this this year's campaign is not next year's campaign. Um, so I think we have a chance. Um, I think we'll if if this, if, you, if 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 a team stays fit, we have a chance competing for the title again next year. To be honest, because this team has shown the levels, but in the Champions League, it's harder to predicted because there's so many teams in Europe that could you know could pick up um I think our expectation should be obviously going through the group and then you know we should be looking at quarterfinals and you know pushing to get into semi-finals this is our first time back in the Champions League and in, in like six years or something like that and you know when we went in the Champions League years before um you know just to, you know just before we stopped coming into the Champions League the years you know three four years before that we didn't go far so we can't go into that competition now and say, yeah, we're going to be winning this. We're one of the favourites. We're definitely not one of the favourites. We don't have much pedigree in the Champions League over the last seven years. Um, so we need to build up that pedigree again, um, build a solid foundation. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't think we can do it, <laughs> something. Um, it depends on the luck of the draw, and, you know, depends on fitness. But I think it's tough to say, you know, Arsenal are going to be in the semi-finals. We don't mm -hmm. know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think the point you make on, like you said, other teams get to do tactics too. You, you can't influence what other teams are going to do in the summer as well. We can only influence what we do. What I will say is that I think Arsenal have a very strong tactical base. You know, Arsenal are we're very good at you know just just generally just pinning teams and sustaining pressure. And I expect that even if we don't win the title this season, for example, the young group will improve. They'll regroup. They'll go again next season. We will obviously strengthen in the summer ourselves. So. Mm. I think if we do end up next, well, I, a lot depends also on, you know, for example, if we win the league or we win the Europa, we end up in pot one. So that's an incentive because obviously probably get a better Champions League group. So if that was to happen, for example, I could see us get into like a quarters. Um, obviously after that, you know, it's a cup, it's a cup in it, two legs, anything right. can happen. So, um, so yeah. Look, look at the fixtures tonight. And I, and I, I I've been watching Serie A just because I've been watching Leal more closely. I mean, Spurs Spurs played against you know the Serie A champions tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, next year Napoli will probably be the champions. We could, if we end up in like some some dodgy group, could end up facing Napoli in the first round. Mm -hmm. um, we could end up facing Bayern Munich or PSG in the first round. Like you know, mm -hmm. they face those. You need luck. Um, you need yeah, luck. Yeah. Um, so it's difficult to predict how far you can go because you know you don't know what the draw is going to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, Dave one up asks, and this is a good question actually. Um, Liverpool away, do we start Sinchenko or Tomiyasu? Now this is obviously in the home game. We started Tomiyasu yeah. because obviously Zinchenko was injured. We started Tomiyasu left back ahead of Tierney in that mm -hmm. game, and it did really yeah. work well actually. He done he done a proper job on Salah in that game. Um, but bearing in mind, like you said, we know how difficult Anfield is to go. Um, Liverpool do like to hit long diags over the, you know, over the top to Salah, knowing Zinchenko's propensity to defend inside, and probably, you know, Yank <laughs> Salah's probably one of the worst players you could you could meet for that in the league as well. That would, you know, be very very interesting to see how brave Arteta would be on that front. You know, 
every game, other game this season, he's gone with Zinchenko. He's not hesitated. And to be fair, anytime Zinchenko has been fit, he's played basically. Do you know what I mean? So I would weigh up that he would probably weigh up the pros and cons, but he would still do Zinchenko, even though I, I could see definitely see the argument for, you know, that being one of the ta- one of the very few games in a season where you could be like, I could go with Tommy here. So see, and you you know how big of a fan I am of Dinchenko. I think for that particular game, I would. I mean, I think I said I probably won't do what I'm doing. How I would do. I would play Tomiyasu because I think Liverpool's biggest apple, as you said, is the is the Van Dijk switch to Salah, and then also Liverpool. Liverpool don't do what City do, for example. Like, yeah, you know, they, they, they don't play, care. They don't, they're just hooking it into that channel, bro. Yeah, Trent, yeah, is, yeah. Trent would try 10 long balls into that channel, bro. <laughs> you know, yeah, they, the they, ball they, breaks they, down, Trent is hooking that down the line to Salah. They they routinely test your fullbacks. Like, yeah, like you said, if, if they can't beat through the first phase in midfield, they'll happily just drop. Um, so yeah. that is an interesting one because like you and, said, yeah, they, they don't care too tough for the midfield battle, Liverpool. They, want, they just want to turn you around. Pause. Exactly. But yeah, <laughs> um, they do want to do that though. <laughs> That's the crazy yeah. thing. And and I know what club is like as well. We will dominate the midfield battle. I think you know the once we get through the first fifteen minutes at Anfield, we will yeah. dominate the you know the ball at midfield, even with Jenk Jenko potentially not playing in that position. So, mm-hmm. um, and club doesn't give a shit, man. I've seen them like you know deploy Dortmund teams where they're playing long balls over the press. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he's going to try the same things. You know, he, he's going to try get to go as quickly as possible. Um, he's he's pretty flexible, and um, they're going to be they're going to be very direct against us. Um, I think. And and to be fair, if you remember that first game at the Emirates, the second half we battered them, but in the first half they did have some joy going over the top in that first half. I remember that game because they proper yeah. want to draw your centre backs out into wide areas as well. So you yeah. don't want them there. And ideally, we don't want them there. Um, so no, that was a good question. It'll be it'll be interesting to see at that point. But yeah, we have a few games before there. Um, let's do our last question before we wrap up. Is from Count Draxula, and it says, "Which member of the current Arsenal squad do you think best suit these characteristics? So technique. I know who I put. I put Zinchenko number one. Yeah. Just, shall we do like top three? Okay, you can do Please. that. I will go Zinchenko, Erdegaard and Party. Technique, I'll go Zinchenko, Erdegaard, ESR. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. ESR is top, top, top it's technically, tech, man. Tech that, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, PMP. I will go... Do I put Gabriel number one? I got my list, I think. PMP. Now you go. I'm not sure on this. I've got, go. I've got a bit of a mixture of a list because yeah. I, I don't just want to put the big, you know, defenders. Big yeah, yeah. yeah. So PMP, I'm going number one. Who? That, that. Saka, that pounder yum, <laughs> not Zaka. That that pounder yum babies. People are bouncing off him. You know he's yeah. fast, he's strong, balance, coordination. That's all PMP for me. Like I think, yeah, PMP. He, he he's he's got that. Um, then I would go Partey. Yeah, pa- Partey Saka, just to vary it up, and then I'll go. And it's obviously either between Saliba or Gabriel. Um, I think I'll go Gabriel because Gabriel is stronger in duels. I think Saliba is more measured um, and c- more clever in his duels. But Gabriel mm. is a brute. He's a force. Like, mm. he'll batter through someone. He'll, he'll you know, he batter someone in the air. So, I'll go Gabriel. Um, actually, yeah. I'm not doing this in order. These are the top three. Not top three, order, yeah. Three. Yeah, no, I can, I, can, I can get rid of that. I can get rid of that. Um, IQ. Again, I'll put Zinchenko number one. Uh, I probably would have Erdegaard in there. Now, I want to have Party in there, but there's occasionally Party does some stuff that really pisses me off, bro. (laughs) 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 Bro, I can't lie to you. And you know, the funny thing is, 
Someone like, as much as he would piss me off because of his lack of PMP, Jorginho has very good football in IQ, to be fair as well. Very, very I'm, intelligent. Um, I lied to you. Actually, no, I'm going to put Saka there. Saka's IQ is very high. Yeah, I was going to say, very there's high. a lot of person in this team that yeah, actually got yeah. very good IQ. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do Zinchenko, Erdogan and Saka. That's what I'm going to do for those three. Zinchenko, Erdogan and Saka is you, yeah? I'm going to... Saka's got to be there, man. Saka, yeah. Saka for me is in that list. Um, IQ... Udegaard's yeah Udegaard's he's got a picture in his head he's, he sees things early he does you know he reads the, the game really well and then the last one I've got a three but I don't know who I'm going to pick um fuck I'm gonna go Jorginho and I'm gonna go Jorginho for the reason that he has a severe lack of PMP. Mm-hmm. So, um, basically, I was thinking Jorginho, Partey or Saliba, but Partey mm-hmm. and Saliba have, you know, good PMP. And mm-hmm. they read situations really well. Um, but even if they don't read situations perfectly, their um, their PMP can help them. Whereas Jorginho, if you don't read something, I I, I can see. <laughs> I can see, bro. I see you very clearly over there. So I think he's, he's a smart player that tries to commentate through the game in order to you know because he can't make up the ground he he tries to manage every situation even with his passing he will pass to someone so you know this other player gets the ball then this other player gets the ball and then i get the ball again so i think i think he like plays chess on a football pitch to be honest yeah yeah no 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 i i could i could happily get behind that i think i think Jorginho is a very very intelligent footballer from that standpoint and like you said similar to erdegaard sees the picture already you know, so, um, and I remember a lot from watching him in, in Sarri's Napoli team. I was really, really impressive with him actually back then as well. Um, okay, and the last one, uh, dog <laughs> or mentality. <laughs> so I'm going to put, I think I already know my ones here. I'm going to go, oh, actually, mm. I'm going to put Gabriel Jesus in there. That brother play, you got dog. <laughs> a lot of, I mean, he, that brother's not afraid to fight six foot four centre backs, even though he's Whoa. like five foot nine. So he's yeah, in the trenches, man. yeah, he's always in the trend. Brother, it's probably how he got injured, bro. So yeah, so he's so I'm <laughs> so I'm have him there. I think I need to have Xhaka there, man. And also just for Xhaka's story arc, you know, at Arsenal generally. I think he, you know, that mentality, I need to have him there. And I think the final one, I'm stuck between Gabriel or Gabriel Martinelli. One of those two I'm gonna give it to. But they both have dog. It's 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 the favela, man. It's the favelas in there, man, bro. So I'm gonna have to. I don't think I've chosen Martinelli, so I'm gonna go Martinelli. Even though I could have easily given that to Gabriel. But yeah, I hear. You. I, hear I think your list is pretty good. Gabby Jesus has got to be in there, man. He's, he, yeah. he, he a dog for real. <laughs> <laughs> he a dog for real, man. Dog pound, bro. Um, him. Jacques, hundred percent. You know, Jacques. Yeah, Jacques ain't got the dog in him. Jacques has got, you know, he's got, he's a crazy guy. Brother, and also, and also, I've even thinking, I'm also thinking, brother. Every time I watch Jacques with Switzerland, yeah, and then man plays Serbia, (laughs) no, brother, he's ready to die on the line. You know, (laughs) brother, he's ready to die on the line. At the World Cup, he was ready to fight the whole squad on his ones, bro. I said, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred, hundred, hundred. If we still had someone like Kolasinac, I would have put him in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We used to have bear players that had that dog in them, but we're yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. And last yeah. one, I'm 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 giving to Gabriel. Um, um, and that is Gabriel Magalesh because yeah. I just you gave him Martinelli, I'm giving it to yeah. him. And also, like if you if you know if someone's ready to, you know, do swingers, it'll be him. <laughs> No, it's true. It's true. I, I felt bad for. Did I, I think I had him in my PMP section? No, that's why I decided to go um, the other way with the with the dog mentality one. That's a good question, actually. I think I might I might ask that. I might ask that in the group chat tomorrow. Yeah, but yeah there, there's, or you there's, could even do other attributes. Yeah, you could definitely do other categories. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Because you could even go into like the more granular, like you know, actual attributes like shooting, passing, whatever, whatever. That's do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think th- these are more of the you know. 
the general ones. But yeah, no, good yeah. question. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. I think I think we'll leave it there uh, for tonight, listeners. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed. Um, you know, so yeah, and um, we'll we'll definitely be back with probably a Patreon piece um, slash after the sporting game slash preview piece for the Fulham game. So, German Dan, thank you very much. And um, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Peace. Bless. Bless. It's got to 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Sports Social Podcast Network.